0: Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome, you're listening to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. And we are talking about a great topic today, a topic that there's probably not any person on earth who has not experienced this. In other words, everyone's been through this at least once. Most of us in high school, then again in our 20s, sometimes then again if we divorce. It is, it's something that happens in all the relationships in our life, but of course can be the most impactful with the most intimate relationships, the the boyfriend, the girlfriend, the husband, the wife. We're talking about how to recover post-separation.
1: James. Oh, it's such a big one, isn't it? And it's something that is so painful and as you say, everybody experiences, nobody wants to go through it, but we are so often in life forced to go through this. You know, it's so important that when a relationship ends, it's so important that we take the time to what I call dating detox or relationship detox. It's time to detox yourself from the person that you have been with. Now, this is often applicable to people whether they've been in a relationship for six months or six years or 26 years. It doesn't matter. It's an important time to really also date yourself. So one of the big dangers that happens when a relationship ends is that we experience emotional pain. And for many people, this actually can be the first time that they've actually experienced truly Oh, gut wrenching pain in their hearts.
0: And so, I'm still, I still get hung up on pain from when I was 14 years old and somebody rejected me. So even when you're really little, it can, you know, it can go in so deep, let alone then when you're adult enough to, you can intellectualize it, but your body still hurts, right?
1: Oh, it does. It absolutely does. And, you know, these are the relationships that shape who we are. And so it's really important to become consciously aware of what has happened. To You know, we talked, I think, last week a bit about the reframing of things, getting the messages of what were you feeling in that moment and reframing it with a more mature outlook on things. So there's lots of different gifts that we can get from that now. The, the beautiful, easiest way to get the gift from any relationship is to ask yourself the question, what is it that I now know about myself that I didn't prior to this relationship?
0: And you can ask that
1: of the 14-year-old.
0: Yeah, well, see, people often, I mean, of course, tend to get very, very bitter and so forth when they do come out of um particularly long relationships or marriages where they put lots of money and time and children in. And You know, if, if one partner has gone and cheated or it's ended quite nastily. I mean, you know, there are couples out there that have the amazing ability to separate as complete adults, talk about it, neutral, remain friends. But a lot yes. of the ones I see with the people that I counsel, you know, people who are so angry and hung up and bitter And, of course, they're really only doing themselves a disservice by hanging on to so much hatred from something, which, let's face it, was a learning experience. It always is. It always is. It's
1: always to teach ourselves about ourselves. Every single occurrence in a relationship is always about ourselves. And, you know, I always laugh when you see those T-shirts that say it's all about me. And people think, you know, gosh, how conceited and arrogant. But it actually is all about me. And once we get that, we can then start to look at where's the gifts? What can I do? But it's do you want to live below the line or above the line? Do you want to be a victim below the line or do you want to be a victor above the line? So it's your choice. You can hang on to an old story that is not serving you at all except to keep you in anger, resentment, hostility, um, manipulation, you know, uh, vindictiveness. And the old story is he or she is blah, 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 and it's not fair. Or do you want to let go of that and create a new story, which is, even though my past relationship ended incredibly painfully, I am excited at the opportunities I've got to learn and grow about myself.
0: So you have to be a bit gentle and nurturing with yourself with these sorts of things. And you have to be easy on yourself and say, you know what, maybe he did end up being a such and such, or she was was a terror after all. But, you know, I made the choices I made with her or him. Uh, I did the best I knew how at that time in my life, you know, maybe it was. Maybe I do sort of wish I could have the time back or I wish it hadn't gone on for as long as it did. You know, there may be a lot of feelings of regret or guilt or shame or those sort of negative carry-on energies. But there comes the point of forgiveness. And as we all know, forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean forgiving the other person for perceived wrongs or whatever. Forgiveness is about releasing yourself and maybe even forgiving yourself for You know, why if I only, I hadn't, you know, gone on that date with him when I was 16 and then, you know, ended up with him for 25 years or, like, we kind of berate ourselves. But we need, we do. Yeah, we need to really look at the intimate relationships in our life with a little bit more knowingness and realise, okay, the person that's closest to me in this lifetime is the one that's here to teach me the biggest, hardest lessons. Because no one else could do it, because I'd walk away from anyone else, but I couldn't walk away from him or her, because I was magnetised to them or I had a ring on my finger, or I had a house, you know, down payments or kids. So the people that we're stuck to like glue that are the hardest ones to run from are the ones that are here to give us the biggest personal rewards.
1: Absolutely. Without any shadow of a doubt, you're 100% on the money there. And you know, I was, you you touched on forgiveness, which is such a cool tool. And you know, probably we could do a whole half hour episode on just on forgiveness. But in in a short version, I was coaching one of my clients last week uh, about exactly this. Now this beautiful man had had a very abusive childhood where a father that was uh, laying into him with uh, belts that had nails in them. Uh, It was quite horrendous. And, you know, he had has done a lot of work. And he said, I just really struggle to forgive. And I said, are you confusing forgiving with forgetting? I said, you can forgive, but you don't have to forget. You know, you really don't have to forget what you've gone through but to forgive is to actually release yourself from that toxicity of anger and resentment and and wanting to get the other person back and this is what so often happens in you know marriages when they end the hostility the angry words that are spoken to one another do such incredible damage that you know you also just mentioned about being kind and gentle to yourself and that is so crucial this is why I kind of say this is where it's time to date yourself Love yourself. Give yourself all of the love that you are completely worthy of and perhaps were being denied or desiring from your ex-partner. And so it really is a time to be so kind with your words. You know, I just touched then on the old story of, you know, he, she is blah, blah, blah. But the new story is, you know, even though I went through some very deep and painful and and hurtful times, I am very grateful for the experience because I have come out of it a much stronger uh, person who knows myself better. And it is about really recognizing that in any given moment, you are doing your best. And your best changes at different times. So you've got to acknowledge that your best is about what you're capable of doing in that moment and not comparing yourself to what you perceive is somebody
0: else's best. Does that make sense? It does. And, Jane, I think we need to talk about something that's really important in our society. And, of course, everything we talk about always goes back to self-love. But this is what people really need to understand. We are so programmed in our brains in this society to... Either we're, we're either saying when XYZ happens, then I'll be happy, or we're saying it's this whole bloody Jerry Maguire is the one who's to blame. It's that whole you complete me thing. So I can only be happy when somebody else loves me or I feel loved by somebody else. That's when I feel, you know, loved because we don't know how to fill our own love tanks up. So when I have clients that come to me and I can think of one particular girl last year who was I mean, this is the kind of person that when they have a breakup, they, they just, she shed so much weight. She was gaunt. She was yellow. She just, it was like she'd lost her soul from this breakup because she had been with this man since she was a child. So she'd never had a chance to get to know who she was. She only knew herself through him, right? And this happens a lot with couples that are either really dependent couples who are really in each other's pockets. And then what happens if one of them leaves or gets hit by a car, God forbid? Um, people who've been together since teenage relationships, childhood relationships for decades. And, if again, if one partner then moves on, they are a gutted wreck because that person has no idea who they are. They've actually lost decades of self-identity.
1: Absolutely. And, look, this is always the lesson for people like that. It's always about independence and they've had codependency. And it's always about... Like you can 99% of the time say that this is going to be a self-growth journey for them about how to live independent and the value um, and self-love and confidence that comes from knowing that you are completely capable of caring for yourself and providing for yourself. Like
0: 45-year-olds who are saying, who am I? Like without a ah. person, who actually am I without this person? They identify everything about themselves through their partner, take the partner out of the equation. They don't like what they see in the mirror.
1: That's absolutely right. And, you know, through my work as a matchmaker, I'm meeting people every day uh, that we're joining up for membership. And one of the questions that I ask in a, in a, a lot of questions, very simply, I say, try to not overthink this. Just give me a couple of words to describe your personality. And the number of people that cannot do that is absolutely incredible. And I feel really sad that they really don't have the ability to yet know who they are. However, the beauty is that this is a great time post separation for them to really be learning who am I? I'm not somebody's partner, I'm not somebody's ex, I'm not somebody's uh, childhood sweetheart, I'm not somebody's wife, I'm not someone's mother, but who actually am I? And being able to really take the time to to learn who you are and how is it that you want to present or even better, who do you want to become? Clean slate. Who do you want
0: to become? This is why bring up Sorry, Jane, I was just going to say this is why Jane and I are stressing so much that if you've got a lot of really heavy, negative, nasty feelings left over the breakup and whatever happened, this is why it's so important to to get those out of the equation as fast as possible because they are limiting and blocking you from moving on, onwards and upwards with your own stuff. And you look at revenge, you know people that get all wound up in revenge, like either they can't stop wondering what the the new woman in his life is doing or what she said to our children when they were around on the weekend or, you know, all that kind of, or I've got to get him back or is he going to be happy they go to psychics and they ask, you know, are they going to break up and, you know, all this kind of, it's like you've still got your negative hooks in those people. But, you you know got to realize that all the studies that they've done on people who are out to get revenge on other people, those people are so unhappy. It is such a great detraction. It holds you back. It makes you depressed. You know, you don't get results in anything else in your life in any other area. It's it's not a vibe you want to be maintaining.
1: That's absolutely right. It's not. And it's, you, you can feel it in your body. They're so tense. Their bodies are rigid. They're always full of resentful anger. And, I'm you know, I'm sitting here doing this and talking with you about this. And I've just clenched everything in my body to get into that feeling. It is so hurtful to your physical body as well and it just doesn't feel peaceful and joyful and calm and content and kind it's everything of the opposite so by getting out this toxic thought process by digging out all of the muck and reframing it for what it is by loving yourself by being kind to yourself by being gentle to yourself by detoxing from this person is the greatest gift that you can give to yourself. And then before you step into another relationship, you build your eye relationship because you are not the same person that you were when you met this last partner. So you need to really build this beautiful eye relationship so that any future relationship is going to have a whole different result. And it's really important to take the time to do that. Now, as a rule of thumb, there are always exceptions. You know, you and I, we do lots of sweeping statements here. But as a generalization, I like to encourage people to have one month for every year they were in the relationship single. So if they were in a, a relationship for 20 years, then as a rule of thumb, 20 months roughly could be a bit less, could be a bit more, but that's a good time to give yourself space to just be and learn about yourself. Fact, if you're in,
0: What results have you seen from your clients who've done this kind of, you know, had that brilliant time off dating themselves?
1: Absolutely brilliant and they are so grateful that they take this time, that they take the baby steps of socializing with no attachment to validation of needing anybody else in their life because they change so fast and rapidly that if I were to say to them, okay, you're looking for a new partner, what is it you're looking for? They will give me the complete opposite of what their last partner was because whether it's conscious or subconscious, they are actually... In their mind, believing, well, actually, that didn't, in the end, didn't work out. So I'm going to go for the complete opposite because that's bound to work out. And this actually brings me to the rebound relationship.
0: I was just going to say the same. Ah. Uh, (laughs) I was going to say, why is it so wrong, (laughs) quote, unquote, love doctor speak, um, for somebody who's just come out of a relationship to straight go back out into the market?
1: The danger of a rebound relationship and, or actually I like to call it a cleansing relationship. I think that's a much nicer way of saying what it is, is that often what happens is that people have experienced emotional pain from a breakup from a partner. So consciously or subconsciously they're thinking or feeling, hey, if I get another partner, this pain's going to go away. So the action is coming from wanting to protect and, and preserve our happiness. So that's the motivation. So they go off and they will therefore again, as I just said, subconsciously often be attracted to somebody who is the complete opposite of the person they were previously with, particularly over the last few stages of the relationship. So as the relationship starts to break down, often it gets very toxic and hostile and so they'll often go for a very kind, generous, loving, giving person. Dare I say it, often somebody with not very good boundaries and looking for very fast codependency. And so they will move fast into this relationship and it will serve a wonderful purpose of making them feel better. However, the reality is it's usually a train wreck waiting to happen because it's usually very fast, very intense. There's been no foundations built for the relationship. There really isn't any compatibility outside of you make me feel good and that's what I'm desiring right now. So it's a very unconscious relationship. It's a very reactionary one. And But what it does serve is it cleanses, in a way, part of from the past relationship. So that's where it serves the purpose. But the danger is very rarely do cleansing relationships end up turning into long-term, healthy, loving relationships. Yeah. Now, yes, there, there certainly are examples of where they do work, that it is such a low percentage. And, you know, really, I love my work to be about maths. What are your chances? So let's talk the math. And the chances are it's very low and unlikely. So if you've just come through a a traumatic emotional experience, let's not put you in, in the hot seat to risk that happening again. You know, you're already fragile and not as strong as you would like to be, that the last thing you need is another painful breakup.
0: So the question is, can it be possible, Jane, to have a cleansing little rebound thingy (laughs) if you've got healthy parameters on it? So it's almost like you take what you need, but you know when you cut it off. Totally, absolutely. Okay. I'm thinking of a girlfriend that this actually happened to, because she, this is a long story as they all are, but she, she was basically sexually attacked, and as a result, her boyfriend, God bless him, who was very loving and caring, never kind of wanted to push her too far sexually, and didn't want to go there because he was worried about her fears around it, and rah, 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 rah. And it just got to the point where it was like, just ravage me already. Like, I just, And, you know, it actually held them back, and eventually they broke up. And she went out and met this guy and had wild hot sex. And it's like, you know, I hate to use this word, but it's like it cured her. <laughs> and it's just what she needed. She didn't date him long term, but she got it out of her system. Now she's married and it's just someone else and it's all very happy. So, Jane, if someone's got that right level of um, awareness around the situation, can it work? Absolutely. it is. That's
1: why I call it a cleansing relationship and not a rebound. Because it's, it's healing. It's healing them. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Now, the only danger there is that you must have, in my opinion, clear communication with this new potential partner that this is what you're about you know, that you are not looking for a long-term relationship and make sure that they really get that and understand it because what I had, well, actually, you know, I only had an email this morning, interesting, we're talking about this, I had an email this morning from a beautiful member who actually was on the receiving end of, well, she called it a rebound relationship and she said, you know, I feel that um, potentially it is best to not have members of our club that are under 12 months out of a relationship. Now, I feel differently because I think it's really important that people have social outlets where they can learn to present as a single person again. Particularly, you know, many of our members, they've married childhood sweethearts and they've been, you know, married 20, 25, 30 years and they've never actually been single adults. So, they don't know how to present as a single person at all because they've never done it. I want them to have opportunities to learn to do that. But it is about fairness of communication from both sides. And unfortunately, I'm going to do a sweeping statement here. Girls, when a guy says he's not looking for a long term relationship, please believe him.
0: Yes. Please. But I want to ask Jane, you know what happens if you are on the receiving end of a rebound relationship? So you're just going out doing your thing, having a happy life. Some gorgeous guy bounds up to you. He's all got it going on. He's he's straight into bed, or he's all over you, and he's got all this energy, and he's good to go. And and then he kind of disappears. You, you might hand him your heart because he's very charismatic, because he's got a lot of energy to burn, because maybe he's been trapped in an un, unhappy marriage for thirty years. You give him your heart, and then he kind of melts away again, or she calls him back, or whatever happens. What about those women or men, Jane?
1: Well, that's right. And that's what this email was coming from, a beautiful lady just like that. And she's absolutely gorgeous, this woman. So it really is about going in with, you know, eyes wide open. And... You can look for the signs of somebody that really is in the moment and having fun. There are no signs of long-term. You may not be meeting their family. You may not be getting Saturday night rock star night date. You know, there could be a lot of signs that it really is something that is more casual. Now, the idea is if you both understand that and you both want it, it can be a beautiful experience for you both. But unfortunately, often I hear, well, not just from women, but men as well, but I do often hear from women that they really struggle with this. And one of the reasons is because of a little hormone called oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone. Now, it's the hormone that is released in breast milk to bond the mother to the baby and the baby to the mother. It is also released in orgasm. So if you're having fabulous hot sex with this gorgeous man, you are bonding with him hormonally, chemically, it's all flooding through your system. And this actually, I don't know if you've ever gone for the big one-night stand at any point in your life, but I have in the past. And I've known exactly what I was going into. I'd like to add, prior to meeting my beautiful husband. Um, I've known exactly what I was going into, and it was what I wanted. It was in that night, that was actually what I wanted. And yet the next morning, I've woken up. And I'm stalking this guy. I'm walking past his place of work. You know, this was before mobile phones. But if I had a mobile phone, I'd be sending little cute text messages. Please notice me. Please notice me. I hope it ends up being more than this. What is going on? Why did I go from a rational woman having adult, mature, consensual night together with this lovely man, knowing that's what it was, to this clingy, dependent, pathetic creature that I didn't identify with, oxytocin? So we really need to be aware of who we are bonding with. Now, to, I also did have a lot of actual emotional needs going on at the time that I now look back on and recognize But that is a danger for women that are bonding with men. Now, men really don't have oxytocin released. Oh, look, science will tell us, the medical gurus will tell us that men do not release oxytocin in their bloodstreams until they hit male menopause, usually somewhere around in their 50s, and then they actually do and they do start to bond to women. That said, my theory, my unproven theory, I just – I'm not buying that. I actually do think there are men who do release it and I do think that they go through this sometimes as much as women do. Um,
0: Yes, that's a little off the note kind of – it's so fascinating. That is, I've never heard half of that before, and I'm just sitting here listening like, <laughs> wow. Okay, and I'm,
1: Joining some dots, <laughs> I'm joining taking some you dots. back to your, your single past and thinking, so that's why I turned into the
0: crazy stalker.
1: Please.
0: <laughs> and here's the thing. I've got another scenario that I want you to talk about, Jane, because I see this sometimes even with girlfriends and stuff. So it's where the uh, – we'll go for example. It's a woman. So let's say a girlfriend of mine meets a lovely man, She's head over heels with him and he's head over heels with her. But he's still, he's technically kind of left the relationship. Maybe he still lives at home, but they're not in the same bed anymore. Or maybe they're kind of divorced, but he's around there all the time because kids and she still needs my help because maybe she, for whatever reason. When you've got that new partner who still has too many fingers in the pie of the past relationship. So he's declaring that he's separated or divorced or whatever word he wants to use. But the proof isn't really in the pudding. Um, Run what for the hills. Most people when that was the case, Jane. Run for
1: the hills. Run for the
0: hills. <laughs> You're worth more.
1: You are worthy of more. Everybody is worthy of beautiful, rich, great, loving relationships. Don't settle for second best. That is second best.
0: You're saying don't so do a it. A man or a woman like that is never really going to leave their significant other for some reason, like emotionally or energetically, they're still hooked in.
1: Highly unlikely.
0: So, in yet- Highly unlikely. Okay. Well, that's-
1: why is this oxytocin well i think yeah well (laughs) no i think this is probably a bit of codependency um look it can happen it absolutely can but you would want to see in the early dating uh, dating stages you would want to start to see some really clear indications that he is actually honoring you and placing you over and above the commitments that he still has with his ex you know you really want to see that there is Some healthy stuff going on here. Or you'd want to see that you're very quickly introduced then to the ex and that it is to be a harmonious relationship between the three of you. You know, you really want to see some healthy sign. You're laughing. Why are you laughing?
0: I'm thinking (laughs) Sounds like it sounds like multiple wives now. (laughs) (laughs) He gets he gets like and he eats it too. I don't know. I've got women here, I've got women there, they're all in love with me. Can this turn into ego? I don't know.
1: Look, I'm not a moralist, so I just say if everyone's completely happy with it, then go for it. It's not my cup of tea, but I'm certainly not a moralist in saying don't go there. I'm just saying that what it is that you're desiring, you know, are you desiring a more, what we call traditional, more, open loving open in the sense of open one heart to one heart not one heart to ten but you know you're really desiring this healthy adult mature beautiful loving relationship then you've got to set yourself up for that but here's the thing you've got to believe you're worthy of it and this is probably the last stage of what to do post separation is self-love it is rebuilding your ability to believe in yourself in your ability to intuitively know what is right and who is right for you, working out what does a future relationship look like. You know, you've got to actually now come up with a different picture of what this new relationship could feel like, be like, look like. And that takes some real self-love exam, internal examination to really start working out what is it I desire.
0: And And, you know. I always talk about this, the fact that we have such poor role modelling in our society and teaching when it comes to these sorts of things like emotional work, identifying feelings, knowing how to love yourself. Again, you know, I have grown women and men sitting in front of me. They have no idea how to love themselves. They don't know what that means. And I'll say to them, have you ever had a pet that you absolutely adored? Oh, yes, you know, my little dog Molly. I just I just loved her to pieces. And I say, well, you know what, you've got to learn to love yourself the same way you loved that dog. Because they know what that looks like. Oh, you spoil them, you give them the best seat by the fire, you give them treats, you take them for walks, you shower, shower them in kisses. Can you do that to yourself? People people have such a hard time getting their head around that concept. You mean give myself the best, put myself first, nurture myself, do what I want to do, not feel guilty about it, not put it off, not talk myself down. Like that's what we're talking about. That's what self-love is. What's your version, Jane? I love what you've just said.
1: I'm, I'm pinching that for my coaching practice. Yes, I but- love it. <laughs> That is a great analogy to help people to understand and connect with what is love. That's beautiful. Look, self-love to me is not allowing any negative self-talk in my head. It's the voice that puts me down that says I'm not good enough or funny enough or rich enough or smart enough or pretty enough or successful enough or you know, my thing, body, I'm, I'm overweight and I, you know, can put myself down with that. So it's really not allowing that. And it's keeping this beautiful, rich talk in my head that I am clever. I am fun. I am amazing. I am worthy. I'm pure love. I'm kind. I'm giving. I'm generous. And all of those things, that is self-love. And so when somebody then wants to come along and say, you know, oh, Jane, you're a bit of a snake. I can actually sit there and go, actually, it's interesting that you see that in me um, but no, I'm not and I have no attachment to what others are wanting to say. Now, it doesn't mean you can't be hurt. It's not I'm not able to connect but it is not allowing somebody else to take my power.
0: Pen and paper is very, very good for this as well and we totally acknowledge that when you first start Self-love mantras or affirmations, you're probably not going to believe them and that's fine because studies show that it's all about rewiring the neural pathways. It's about a repetitive action that retrains the way you've been programmed. So if you've got this, yeah, this negative voice that's always sitting on your shoulder telling you you can't, you can't or this or that, you just have to talk louder than the negative voice create more noise. And, and yeah, again, don't have to believe it, but the more you do it, the more your subconscious will take it on and it will start to believe it until it becomes your new truth. Um, so a really good way to do this, if you don't want to say it in, if you haven't got the self-discipline, just to say it in your head regularly or out loud, um, in front of the mirror, naked, haha, for those who want to do serious mirror work. <laughs> And paper. So keep a journal by your bed or somewhere nice and quiet that you can sit down every morning or every night, just two minutes of quiet ritual, and just write down maybe three affirmations or mantras of self-love that you've currently got going for yourself, and they can change. Uh, if you want to, if you feel that you've kind of mastered one, uh, you can have a new mantra for the next month. Um, and it's, it's really a dedicated, disciplined practice. Self-love often needs to start out like homework because you've got to force yourself to do something you ain't never done before. And it's going to feel uncomfortable, and it's going to be. I, I know a girl who, you know, because women often have incredible body image issues. If you know, you say to them, look in the mirror and say, "I love you." Look in your own eyes. First of all, hardly anyone can look in their own eyes. Second of all, when they do it, they straight away go, oh, "I've got a pimple. I don't like my hair today. My skin. Oh, I hate." Blah blah. And there goes the voice. My girlfriend used to hold up a scarf under her eyes, so it's literally like a like a like a Muslim veil. The only part of herself she could see was just her eyes. So she didn't have to look at any other part of her body. And that's how she did her mirror work. Wow. I
1: love mirror work. I'm a huge fan of it. Huge fan of it. I think it's just so beautiful and powerful. But I guess the incentive to do it is that even though, you know, you're right, that often when you first start this self-talk or affirmations or writing lovely things down about yourself, it does feel fake. And it's often because there are parts of us that we really don't love about ourselves. And I'm a big fan of you know what we call shadow work. And shadow work is there's so many different definitions but my definition of it is it's the dark side. It's the ugly stuff about me that I actually don't like, and I most people, I think, have the ability to bury it. We bury it down deep in a basement where nobody gets to see it. And yet that is the part that we need to bring up and really own and love. So for example, If I found in a past relationship that my partner was arrogant, opinionated and judgmental and I really disliked that about him, then that would be a clue for me to look at my own arrogance, judgment uh, and opinionated behavior and look at why is it I hate it in him because it is too within me and because that is within me, I don't like it, I don't want to see it in another. But really what I can do is bring the qualities out from the basement, bring it out from the darkness, and let's put some light on it. Let's have a look at what is judgment. How is judgment a bad thing? How did that become a bad thing? Judgment can be the most amazing, beautiful gift. Without judgment, healthy judgment, I can't be a beautiful mother. Without healthy judgment, I can't be a good matchmaker. Without healthy judgment, I can't be a good love coach. So judgment is such an important quality within me. That is how I learn to love judgment. However, we can't have the good without the bad, so that means I also have the ability to be in shadow, to be in darkness in judgment, that I can be judgmental in a negative way, in a horrible, malicious way. Own that within yourself and go, you know what, it's okay. It's okay that I can do that, that I can be that, that I can feel that. I choose to not live with that as a main part of my personality every day. However, there are certain times and places that it needs to come out the basement and it needs to be used, and that's okay. And by owning those dark parts, those dark pockets, those dark behaviors that we don't like in ourselves, as we start to learn to love those about us one characteristic at a time, we get to look in the mirror and love ourselves more.
0: Jane it's a beautiful note to finish on I could talk to you about this forever I hope that those listening in today have gotten lots of tools and tips either for what they're going through themselves maybe some stuff they'd like to share with friends who are going through similar things because like we said at the start everyone's got a post separation story thank you for listening if you'd like to know more Jane is available through Jane's Love Shack and I'm available through Rebecca Detman just chuck it into Google you'll find us please come back to the Wellness Couch and we look forward to seeing you again next week on Love Life
1: have a fabulous week
0: Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It. It's just happening, and it's a beautiful-